0: Me. and this week we're talking about an album that I picked out and I pronounced it wrong whenever I picked it last <laughs> week so I'm gonna pronounce it right 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 now uh it's Yezu by the band Yezu
1: I mean and to be to be clear the the band name is confirmed as Yezu maybe the album name is not Yezu yeah,
0: maybe it's Je- <laughs> Jesu or however I said it last week that could be but Esu. Esu? uh yeah either way I hadn't really like. I'm I'm not super familiar with it. I had listened to at least most of it once mm-hmm. before, but other than that, like it was it was a while ago. It was back whenever I was listening to Def Heaven a lot. A little bit, I think, before we did the episode on them.
1: So and, did this come up as like a recommendation?
0: Yeah, it was somewhere on Spotify's recommendations for this. Like yeah, you absolutely. might also like this. So
1: well, I you might,
0: it. and I yeah. might as well. And we don't know, but uh, your path to divinity might change how you feel about this album.
1: It's true, because Yezu is the name of of the band. And so experiencing this is some some kind of divine sense sense that starts with track number one, Your Path to Divinity. Already starting fresh, you know? I feel like we're going to have it unlocked this week. It just feels right. I hope so. But yeah, Uh, so Your Path to Divinity, first introduction to this band. And again, you said that you weren't super familiar, so mm-hmm. I don't want to like steal all of the like excitement, well, but
0: so i I mean, like I'd listen to a little bit of it. I don't know if I'd heard this song, but mm-hmm. just right from the get go, it starts out with this like super bassy like I can't even describe it <laughs> how like bassy and low this like chunky guitar and bass sludgy, yeah, it's like I don't know if you've ever listened to Sun. There's, it's like style. It's stylized like sun with a zero yeah. in parentheses. We, we've but, talked about them. Briefly. Yeah.
1: Off, off the podcast. Oh, okay.
0: Uh, but yeah, like they're just this drone metal band where it's just super slow tempo. And yeah. it's just, I mean, it's droning. And I really fucking like it. It's slow and atmospheric. It's like, it's not a song, right? Like immediately you can tell this isn't a song that you'd be like, jamming in the car like i'm gonna put this <laughs> on a mixtape and what like
1: you'd be for yourself man
0: i guess that's true <laughs> if you put it with a bunch of stuff like this and knew what was happening then yes but yeah it's it's just very slow very heavy very dark very atmospheric and it it gradually picks up like momentum and mm-hmm. by momentum i do not mean speed because it doesn't pick up
1: speed right it, just but kinda, it, it builds but it doesn't really build to anything it just kind of like takes its time it, it zones you out with just like like you said the droning atmosphere the plotting kind of sludgy sounds it's 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 very interesting and it's it's very like i, I don't want to say it's ambient necessarily but mm-hmm. it is it is in a lot of ways uh the vocals come in with some like very like kind of almost jarring high organ keys about like four minutes and <laughs> that's another thing with this album quickly i'd like to point out uh every track almost is over nine minutes. They're very long tracks. There's eight tracks on this album and the total runtime is like an hour and 15 ish minutes. Yeah. Maybe a little less, but uh, yeah. So very long, very long, slow plotting album or tracks on the album, which kind of works, I think for the style of music. I mean, it makes sense if you think of like a typical structured song, especially in pop, it's, more upbeat it's more up tempo so it can cover more measures in a shorter amount of time kind of a thing so it's just taking all of that and slowing it down and spreading it out and letting everything kind of kind of sink in when it changes and it fits the kind of sludgy guitar tones and, and stuff that goes on uh, but yeah it there's kind of like this climax and this release of tension and then it kind of comes back in with well, a little bit more pep and drive towards the end there's a lot of different textures the vocals, are just like, they're not super melodic and they're kind of washed out by a lot of the noise, which is kind of something that happens in this kind of style of music anyway. Uh, but yeah, it, it, it just like, it spaces me out in a way very similar to Deaf Heaven's Sunbather that we did. How I just like, I put it on, I zone out and I don't really think about what I'm listening to and I don't really think about anything. I just kind of turn my brain off and it just takes me away. And this whole album is like that for the most part. For me, and it just kind of like it comes in slowly, it builds, and then yep. it leaves slowly.
0: Yep. uh So I hope I hope that sits well with you. I feel like, I mean, death Heaven did so at least the general vibe, I guess does. Yeah.
1: Spoilers. I actually really like this album.
0: Oh, oh. Okay. <laughs> well, that's cool.
1: <laughs> yeah. There 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 are some lull points. Mm-hmm. I'm not gonna say low points necessarily, but there, there are some tracks in the land as well. With me, but overall, I really, really enjoyed this week's uh experience. Well,
0: that's nice because I did too. It's it's definitely one like you were talking, all the songs are around nine minutes, or there's one that's like 11 and a half minutes, yeah. And the, the
1: shortest one is just under seven minutes, the longest one's about 11 and a half.
0: It, it, I don't want to say it doesn't feel like it, but <laughs> yeah. it, it, the time passes fine, like it's it, not, it like, does,
1: yeah, it doesn't like despite the music being slow and like slow tempoed and the tracks being so long it doesn't feel out of place it doesn't feel longer than it needs to be or shorter in most cases there is one exception that i feel on this track is maybe a bit longer than it needed to be but uh we'll we'll get to that
0: yeah uh yeah i i like there and lyrics wise it's crazy because <laughs> if you look at the lyrics to this song, it's nine minutes and 14 seconds long. Yeah, There's like six lines of lyrics. <laughs> it's bored of the things that you are and now the things that you were. How does it feel to destroy everything by your
1: guilt? Which is it's kind of cryptic and kind of yeah. vague. And I don't know. I, I really like the concept of this album, I think. At least what I got about it. So yeah, you read the lyrics. It makes me think that someone's kind of been running from their past and trying to like keep themselves distracted with something new. So that way they don't have to really worry about whatever it is. They did the title of the song being your path to divinity kind of implies that they're approaching things with like a holier than thou attitude, perhaps, which I think kind of flows through a lot of this album. Obviously the band's called Yezu and the song titles are very like evocative of religion. I suppose. So I, I think that kind of ties in thematically nice with this holier than thou attitude that I've kind of picked up on throughout the album.
0: Yeah, I I don't know how to really approach it. Um my immediate thoughts were like whenever you hit a point of being bored with who you who you are, and you can't even see the past you in a good light, either mm-hmm. because of like how you've changed or just you were still that person. Or like, but you, you, you're kind of looking back, looking for like, well, things used to be good, but you can't even do that.
1: So out of curiosity, do you think this is a second person track where he's kind of talking about himself and addressing himself as you, or do you think there's a second person involved or like a literal second person? I guess that was kind of a poor (laughs) way to phrase what I was trying to say, but the perspective, do you think it's him talking to somebody else? or him talking to himself
0: see that's where i don't know because there are other points in the album where it seems like there's another person Mm -hmm. but i don't
1: know (laughs) because it it is very cryptic and vague
0: it's super cryptic and it could even be like a prayer situation where he's reflecting on his life like yeah it this is a it seems religiously themed and justin broderick the guy who is behind uh his previous band or i I guess they still do stuff, but it's called Godflesh, which knowing that I don't like it i don't think he's a religious guy, but maybe he's like a super religious guy i don't i really I don't, don't know. Know. i kind of
1: i i didn't pick up i didn't really i guess focus in on that too much. I thought it was more of a stylistic choice, yeah because it's i think religion is super fascinating. I mean, we talk shit about it all the time, but it's very, like, it's very evocative. It has a lot of imagery that is very cool. You know, you got angels and demons. They're symbolic of the good and evil that is in the world kind of a thing. So I, I kind of just viewed it as, like, a skin or a theme yeah. that has just been kind of layered on top of the, the demons that he is dealing with in this album.
0: Yeah. Religion definitely has some super cool lore if you look into it. Like, if you go, if you do deep dives, but... Yeah, it yeah. could just be like a thematic choice. Yeah, and, and
1: I, 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 didn't necessarily. I'm, I'm still not percent certain whether this is this album is directed at a person or if it's at himself, kind of a thing. Uh, I kind of got the idea that this was about a former friend, mm-hmm. and may, maybe he's just kind of like on this vibe of like, "Fuck this! I don't, I don't need my friends. My my friends are all evil, anyway. So I'm just gonna fucking write an album about how." <laughs> evil my friends are
0: well then he definitely personified that in track number two friends are evil nailed it and <laughs> you're right you're right man it worked
1: <laughs> <laughs> we're gonna keep it going hopefully but yeah this one also starts out with some grainy ass low bass chugging it's it's so good it remains underneath the 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 high shoegaze the guitars that come in and the drums and this track is very noisy in mm-hmm. that kind of shoegaze fashion uh it's almost industrial with how like aggressive and not melodic it is and then the song kind of quote-unquote starts and it it comes in with a very nice warm feeling this album to me feels very warm just for some reason and it's it's like a cold warmth like maybe i'm just numb kind of a thing where like frostbite has taken my limbs and i can't feel them and i'm feeling warm but i don't know it's it's so interesting the feeling that i get from listening to this kind of music
0: so, I I one hundred percent agree with the warmness, and it's even the cold warmness. Like I even described it as like I'm warm water is washing over me, and I think it's the super low tones that are just yeah. like throughout the whole. Like it's super abrasive, distorted. It like at the beginning it sounds like a rumbling like monster, yeah. and because this song. I I feel this song is heavier than the previous song. Just like tons of distortion, you can hear disgust and anger, but the bass part of it just kind of washes over you, and it it's like a blanket that wraps you or like wraps around you. And I almost think of it as like. I don't know, like a thunder jacket or something, something that's yeah. trying to comfort you in a time of hardship.
1: I, I guess. definitely get that. I'm glad that we're on the same page there. <laughs> Cause I literally like, I wrote f- for one, the vocals on this track are super fucking familiar to me and I can't place why there's no way that I've heard this before. I, I can't think of any reason I would have listened to this, but the vocals on this album, a lot of the tracks on this album feel super familiar to me. This song specifically just, I wrote, it just feels right. And I can't describe why, so I'm glad that we're kind of on the same same vibe as far as the the cold warmth kind of thing. Also, there was an interesting thing I picked up on the drums for this track. I don't know if it's throughout the rest of the album. I wasn't super like locked in on the drums per se, but I noticed that there's an open hi hat for the drums that it's, it sounds like it's just a reversed clip of a <laughs> hi hat. So it's like it's not even like just someone drumming. It's like they played the drum part and then they went in and they reversed the hi-hat track to make it sound a little bit more like off kilter and interesting to me. It kind of has a, a bit of a rise to it.
0: That could be like, I know he try he's trying to go for like, he has stated that like Jay, Je- is, was him trying to go in a more not pop direction, but a more like typical, music sounding direction but still keep his experimentation from his previous because Godflesh was like a a metal band like a full-on metal band Mm -hmm. and he wanted to go keep a more experimental sound but kind of go towards a more typical i guess song structure song writing experience and that's there's just certain things in here that sound off like it sounded industrial it sounds eerie it sounds like there's a very high, like ethereal sound that comes over the vocals and it gives it a more somber quality along with the heaviness. And it's just little touches like, like the hi-hat, like those sounds, like the, there's certain keys in here that sound like some sort of electric church organ, not necessarily on this song, but like, I mean, I, I, it's in this song too, but in a lot of other songs as well. And it just gives it, gives it a nice, round quality that just kind of like puts you in a state of unease but there's something that's keeping you here i guess
1: yeah it's it's so fascinating because like i i don't know this album kind of caught me off guard in that it's so raw and it's so like it was honestly like reminding me and making me think like hey maybe i need to go back and listen to hella again legitimately (laughs) because it's just like it's so like unproduced but it's not it's it's very like produced i suppose in a lot of ways like we mentioned the, the high the hi hats and the organs and everything it sounds raw in a way that i wasn't expecting but it it's so good it just it feels so good to listen to and i i don't know it's, it's like it's that death haven thing again it's, it's not something that i would have the on paper thought that I would have liked because the sounds by themselves don't really add up to things that I typically like, but as a whole, it all just, it, it feels right.
0: Ah, it feels very right. Um, And <laughs> the lyrics, however, are like, <laughs> I, they're just very cryptic and not in a, like, I feel like everything I can possibly think of about these lyrics comes back negative. And, like, depressing, almost.
1: (laughs) Yeah, no, for sure. And I I definitely get that throughout this album, and, and more specifically, the next track is very, like, depressive, I think. But I kind of, like, I don't know. The song's called Friends Are Evil. I felt like this one was the singer acknowledging that they've made mistakes in the past and kind of, like, comparing that to their friend that they had, their former friend, maybe lover, that kind of seems to be drawn in at some point. But, uh... Because he's just like, he's saying like, I know I've thrown stones and I've been hit by stones. They come back twice as strong as kind of the hook. I know the stones I've thrown, they come back twice as strong. Um, but he also like calls them out and says, I know stones you've thrown come from your highest throne. So Again, it's kind of bringing that holier than thou attitude, but also acknowledging that he's fucked up and he's like accepting that. And then the last line of all of the verses, he says, they remind me nothing lasts. And I think that that could be a double meaning where he's talking both about the fact that he feels betrayed by the close friend and saying that, like, okay, his friendship didn't last and, like, no real friendship is ever going to last kind of a thing. But it's also potentially saying that, like, the the feeling of guilt doesn't last forever. Like, he, he was able to make peace with his past mistakes so they no longer haunt him kind of a thing and maybe that's just me looking too far into it but i thought it was kind of a cool double meaning
0: so i think i might have leaned too hard into the religious subtext
1: i mean i I don't think that's possible again it's the band is called yezu (laughs) the album is called yezu there's a lot of religious uh subtext and and everything so I'm, i'm curious though where'd you go
0: So, I went to someone who's grappling with religion. Like, I know the stones I've thrown, they come back twice as strong. Like, maybe he feels like he had lashed out at God or somebody. And it came back to bite him Mm -hmm. in the future. And in the second verse, whenever he's saying, I know the stones you've thrown come from your highest throne. Like, maybe he's... I took that as, like, God himself is... Just up in the fucking ivory tower, like throwing, throwing stones, metaphorical stones at him, and just like (laughs) passing out shit. But I think I I clung to it because of like the whole "let he who is without sin cast the first stone" at her thing. And I think my mind just went there instead of I don't know. I think yours makes more sense.
1: I mean, I took it more more of like an idiomatic like people in glass houses shouldn't throw stones. Whereas throwing stones is just kind of an idiom for like talking shit, I guess, or, or like insulting someone else kind of a thing, but it it could, I definitely could understand having the religious, cause this is one of the the few tracks that I didn't really pick up on a religious subtext. So maybe, maybe there is something there and I just missed it.
0: That might've been my problem is that there's other tracks with more religious subtext. And I just, had to put it into this one or something.
1: But, I mean, it's it's kind of a concept album, I think. there There is kind of a through line. I took it more as about the relationship with another person, but that other person could certainly be God being a literal holier-than-thou <laughs> kind of figure. So, I, I don't well, know. It, we have two slightly different perspectives on the same story, I think.
0: Yeah, well, you know, Justin Broderick, if you're out there and you feel like uh, clearing things up, you know, we always... We always invite the for artist sure. to uh, to come out here and tell us what they think. Or, I mean, if you're tired of me, like, tell me that. And just, just shit on me for getting your song wrong. That's fine, too.
1: <laughs> well, uh, hopefully we won't shit on the next track. Tired of me. <laughs> Killing it. Track number three. This one, it, this one's cool. It starts <laughs> with, like, this almost, like, children's lullaby feel with, like, some plinky keys. Although it's still very echoey and washy kind of giving it that like unsettling feel, uh, the guitar and the bass and the drums come in and it just punches right through that. And it feels super good. And I just, again, the vocals so warm and they're so familiar to me and I can't explain why. And there's a nice echo on the the vocal track and it matches kind of the slow sludgy instrumentals. And this is the point where I I know that I just want to sit in a sensory deprivation (laughs) thing and listen to this album because I feel like that would be an insane experience. I even looked up. There is a, uh, a ther- an alternative therapy i guess plays uh, on this side of the river
0: Ooh. that we live
1: on well. that I, I might actually <laughs> go through with this and because i'm just curious like I- i've always been curious about sensory deprivation tanks but yeah i feel like this album would be perfect to just kind of like mellow out and focus on nothing and just have it playing because it, it like it makes me feel like i'm having some weird like out-of-body experience where my soul is like floating up into space And then the organs come in in like the the ending third of the song and it really sells the ending of the song and it it allows the big boom of the other instrumentals to like pack this visceral punch. And just like, there's such a a feeling of like existential doom and finality (laughs) and in almost a funereal way with the organ kind of coming in. And it feels like we're just mourning the loss of the whole humanity. Like the whole human race is, is in jeopardy here and we're all just kind of like weeping for it. And then at the end, there's also the snare drum cadence that kind of comes in and it aligns with what I was thinking already about kind of the doom and, and funeral kind of feel to it. And it just, it feels like the soul is leaving the body.
0: Yeah, that's why I like music like this. It does, it, it sounds like a funeral march and like those drums at the end. It's, it sounds like they're just drumming to a march like Mm -hmm. to march and it's just there's just something so eerie about it there's another band i think they're called grief and it's just like it just gives a feeling like no other music can yeah and it's just i like it a lot as far as the vocals go you say they sound familiar they sounded very familiar for me have you ever listened
1: to baroness i I have actually, maybe I—I th- I feel like I've heard some of Baroness
0: because f- specifically from their blue album is what kind of this song makes me think of. Now this this album predates it by a while. Like mm-hmm. is this album came out in two thousand four? Which to think that this album came out in two thousand four? Yeah, it's crazy. It's, <laughs> yeah, it's pretty fucking awesome. It's like, almost
1: twenty years ago now.
0: It's it just seems listening to it now it makes me think that it was like ahead of its time. Yeah. Now, I mean, I I wasn't in 2004. I was 11, yeah. 10. So <laughs> yeah. I wasn't really on the scene here, especially because this was this guy's from yeah. Wales. Like, so this was Bro. across the pond, and I I definitely wasn't. I don't know what the scene was like there. This could have been right in line with with what was coming out, but hearing this now, it definitely makes me think like, whoa.
1: It doesn't feel nearly as dated as it is.
0: Yeah. It it feels really like it could have been made last year and For i wouldn't sure. think i wouldn't think anything of it i mean
1: especially with my narrow context of this kind of music like i'm i'm just starting to get into like shoegaze and stuff and specifically like the deaf heaven album we did last year like that was the first time i'd heard anything similar to this and, and that kind of whole style of music is is something very much novel and new to me so maybe it's just that like it's been there and it's been underground for a while kind of a thing, or it's not been super popular, but now Shoegaze seems to maybe be coming out and we have this kind of thick backlog to work through of things, of gems that we've missed in our lifetime kind of a thing.
0: That's just the best feeling, finding something that has a backlog that you can be like, oh my God, there's a <laughs> treasure trove of things that I've never heard and I get
1: to just listen to them all now. Yeah, I genuinely might listen through all of uh, Yezu's discography just because this this album really hit home with me.
0: I also, I listened to his, he came out with an album in 2020 called Terminus that I also listened to today. So is that a wreck? That's a wreck. I like it. (laughs) I'll check it out. (laughs) But so the vocals are familiar and it sounds like a funeral march. The lyrics here are like you, you (laughs) mentioned like, it's just about like self-loathing depression. Like, yeah, it's, it's, they're very sad, very dark doom and gloom to match the music like a funeral march deserves sad sad lyrics like the the song tired of me he's not necessarily talking strictly about somebody else being tired of him the first line is i'm so tired of me right which is just like i don't know it's just the
1: most depressing thing anyone can say
0: yeah you're like i'm just fucking done like you just looking in a mirror and you're like i don't i don't want this anymore (laughs) yeah
1: and it's just It's not great. I Uh, laugh, but damn. Side (laughs) plug, if you are having feelings like that, that's not normal. You should call the Suicide Prevention Lifeline, get a therapist, someone talk to you, that that number, because I've made a statement that I'm going to keep plugging it every chance that something like this comes up. is 1-800-273-8255. So if you are having thoughts like this, absolutely give them a call, because it's not worth ending your life.
0: And then when you're at a point where you're ready, listen to this
1: album. For sure. I I would maybe not. Well, I don't know. I feel like music is very therapeutic and yeah. that maybe if you are experiencing things, it's nice to know that other people have gone through it and have prevailed from yeah. those, those times. So maybe, maybe listen to this if you can handle it. Obviously, if you're, if you don't think you're in a state that you can handle an album that is talking very plainly about depression and stuff, maybe don't, but it, it could, it could benefit you perhaps
0: yeah it benefits me i fucking love it it's i <laughs> yeah. crave i guess i don't real. know if i love it sadness crave and depression
1: it. is is real especially with our generation it seems that like anxiety is at the forefront of everyone's like personality everyone is always anxious about something and, and depression is so widespread and and de- not accepted but it, it's it's more publicized i suppose than it has been in the past and being able to share that experience is i think a good thing
0: Definitely. That's why I feel like you see a lot of that sad boy type music now. I don't
1: don't necessarily agree with marketing it yeah, or like using it for personal gain necessarily. But I I thought was obviously not the intention here. This was just him writing his his feelings and thoughts, which is what art should be.
0: Hell yeah. Rock on, Justin Broderick. You're super cool. (laughs) Yeah.
1: (laughs) Even if you, you are... Feeling the, those feelings of depressions. it's okay if you made a mistake and you are dwelling on it. We all falter. We're we're gonna get we're gonna get better. We can get past it. Everyone makes mistakes.
0: We can get past it, just like we can get past track three onto track four. We all falter. Nailed it. Nailed it, dude. That was fucking good. <laughs> that was I like that. We're and also, it. I think this title's spelled wrong, unless yes. it's spelled differently in a in like I, have I mean, the he, same
1: thoughts. He I, is from Wales,
0: so I kind
1: I of. I feel like it might be intentional. We'll get to that in the lyrics. Yeah. Just because I I have a theory. I don't know if it's accurate or not, but we'll get there. But yeah, we all falter. This one almost has another kind of industrial intro with the pounding drums and the super distorted bass. The vocals on this one felt different to me, more similar to like your path to divinity than in the previous two tracks that I noted were like super familiar to me. Uh, And I'm not sure I'm assuming it's, it's not, he doesn't have two different singers on this album and it's just him but it feels like he's kind of singing in two different styles at some points uh, throughout this album.
0: Yeah, he definitely is. This one doesn't have, yeah. Like you said, that familiar uh, sound that I attributed to sounding in the same vein as like Baroness, which I yeah. I think I don't I, like, it is just him doing it. So I guess, I don't know if it's, a st- if it's a stylistic choice or if it's, I mean, I guess it, would have to be a stylistic choice he chose to do it but like (laughs) if it's supposed to mean something more than just he liked he thought the sound went better with the song or if it's supposed to be like a different point of view or something like i i the lyrics are so cryptic it made me start thinking about stuff like that like if he's singing in a different voice is it supposed to be a different person is it supposed to be a different character yeah but i i I don't know it's this one i'd like it's the shortest track on the album at 6 minutes and 56 seconds. <laughs> <laughs> and yeah. it starts with like a very poundy drum behind it like with that I guess the expected super chuggy chunky bassy mm-hmm. very low tone guitar but it it seems to be more scaled back and less harsh. At least yeah. m- music-wise.
1: And I, th- I think this is this is one of the tracks that I'm not super on board with. And mm-hmm. it, it's interesting because it's the shortest one. I'm not hating on it because it's shorter than all the others at all. But it, it I don't know. It feels kind of indistinct. Like, I don't know. There's not a lot going on musically in this track. And it seems like the focus is more on the lyrics or the vocals and the meaning of that than the music itself. So for me, that that's kind of a, a miss. But... I think lyrically it kind of makes up for it. It makes sense. Uh, If you're cool with moving on the lyrics, I don't want to jump into it. Go for it. So it has a similar theme to the previous tracks. This whole album kind of has very similar themes where I kind of felt like this was him accepting his mistakes and even going on to invite the other person to blame him for their mistakes. Like he was in this relationship or whatever. and, And they're like blaming him. He's like, you know what? Take it. And so I was wondering about the the song title. It's We All Falter. And he says, uh, we all falter because we all falter. Lay the blame on me. Lay the the blame onto me. Um, And I was wondering, maybe he's saying that, like, everyone is faulting her. It's fault her. Because she's at fault kind of a thing. Saying we all fault her. So go ahead and blame me because, like, everyone else knows it's not my fault. At this point, I've accepted that. So if you want to keep blaming me, go on because my conscience is clean. Is kind of where I, I thought that maybe it was intentional.
0: I could see that because, yeah, it does even like lay the blame, lay the blame onto me. Yeah. Okay. I like, I like where your head's at.
1: I like so, it. So what's the religious angle on this one?
0: Um, well, I I don't really have too much of one other yeah. than I thought it was like, a stay the path type deal mm-hmm. where like the previous ones where he was battling with, with his faith, I guess, or had was feeling like he at least needed to pay for whatever shit that he had said yeah, in the past. For or his sins. Yeah. And maybe this was like, I don't know, like from a different person's perspective, like maybe it was from God's perspective or something. Like yeah,
1: someone is reassuring him
0: yeah but that's that could that's a stretch and i like i like where you went because that would explain the title as well
1: (laughs) yeah i mean it's kind of a pun which doesn't necessarily seem on brand for the album yeah but i don't know that that was the the reason that's where my mind went with it being misspelled it felt like it was intentional even though again like you said maybe it is just a british spelling of it but I, i hadn't seen any spelling of falter like that
0: yeah so. I know they like to throw U's in places like in favorite and color and.
1: Yeah, places they don't belong. <laughs> yeah, places
0: they don't belong now that we t- took English over here and yeah, changed we're stuff.
1: We're, we're the holier than thou characters in this story now because we're just, we're over here walking on water and, yeah. and they're over there drowning in their misspellings of words. I'm going to
0: walk on water right over there and slap the U's right out of their fucking words. <laughs> and Do also it. listen, I'm going to listen to track number five the whole way walk on water
1: nailed it there's a lot of water between us and them
0: yeah that would take a long time we better get walking (laughs) yeah good thing this track is 11 and a half minutes long
1: (laughs) (laughs) true facts this is this is the one so this is the longest track and i'm just gonna outright say it i feel like this song is too long i feel like this was like i feel like they wrote the song and he was it was like half as long he's like you know what that's too short for this album. We're going we're going for 10 minutes. We're gonna play this track twice back to back and see if anyone notices. That's kind of like how this song feels to me.
0: But okay. I, I I can see where you're saying that. I don't necessarily think it it it's a very long song. Yeah. We'll we'll just we'll just throw that out there. Eleven and a half minutes is a long fucking time for a song. Right.
1: But it's it's not necessarily out of place on this album, because again, a lot of these tracks are nine and a half, ten minutes long.
0: Yeah, I get the, the funeral march vibes from this song as well mm-hmm. and i feel like it does a good job like it plays it up for about five minutes and then the music drops and it's about echoey vocals i think this first part if any part we're gonna get kind of cut i think the first five minutes of the funeral march could kind of be scaled back maybe a minute yeah. or two because i like where the music drops out and the echoey vocals come in and and then it changes back to the slow march again. I think that could be a little bit shorter, but then it hits around seven, seven minutes and 30 seconds. And the song changes up again. The guitar gets a little more droney, but it maintains the heaviness. There's more riffage to it, but it's still really slow. I feel like it could have been kind of maybe compartmentalized to the more normal nine and a half minutes yeah on this album and still kept the changes but i don't mind the length of the song i guess
1: yeah i think this was at a point in my notes in the album that i was just like man it's really sinking in how long all of these songs <laughs> are and how much time i'm sitting here listening to the same thing and, and again like it's not necessarily a bad thing that it, it's just it's the genre right it's very droney it's very like i don't want to say one note but each song kind of has its profile it has its its arcs and those arcs are very long and so, I don't know, this one This one kind of felt like it was maybe going a bit too far in that direction for me.
0: I can feel it. I mean, I can't fault anybody for uh, not being 100% on an 11 and a half minute song <laughs> that's mo- mostly like... Burr,
1: burr. <laughs> <laughs> it's a very, very good uh, sound descriptor of, yeah. of this album. <laughs>
0: but man when that melody changes up at around seven and a half minutes I i I really like that change it hits hard and oh look even in my notes i could definitely see this not being for everybody but it's for me so there (laughs) we go
1: (laughs) perfect we're we're yet again on the same page uh lyrically is where we're gonna differ probably maybe because it seems to be the case on this album but i was kind of going back to the him feeling like he's been used by a former friend and because the lyrics again, very simple lyrics in this track. He just repeats, be there for your summer, be dead by the winter. Pretty much the entire song is just that uh, repeated over and over again, which it, it makes me think that like he's saying, like I, I was there for the highs, but when it got less high, right. When, when the season started changing and things were, not looking as exciting and fun as they were in the summer then you you abandoned me and i'm gonna be dead in the cold of the winter because you don't give a shit kind of a thing
0: yeah this is where i mean taking out the last song i i don't know where this would line up in my religious line Mm -hmm. so i i think it it's more likely
1: that it's titled walk on water obviously a reference to jesus yeah and
0: and if we're keeping with the religious theme i also don't know if it's supposed to be like him talking about himself where maybe this is like a redemption arc where he was like hey i was only i was here for the good parts of the religion but i was gone for i didn't keep my faith in the bad parts or if it's he's flipping the script and being like look god you were like sure there were times that were all dandy but whenever i needed you you Whenever I would, yeah, you weren't there and I don't know which way to, to go with it. I guess
1: I like that. Maybe we can, we can think about it. We can write it up a bit more, take it to church on Sunday and ask a preacher yeah, what they think about it.
0: And, uh, you know what? On Sunday, there's going to be plenty of sun on that day. Cause we're going to be listening to track number six Sunday, but it's Sunday. Indeed.
1: Sunday. <laughs> another so, well, okay. So that's wordplay. So maybe maybe Falter was wordplay. Yeah, back in track number four, I feel a little bit redeemed. There you go. And
0: quick anecdote: back whenever I was a religious young chap, the pastor, the father uh, at my my church, my school, his name was Sunny Day. Hell yeah, was, was his name. <laughs> so, it
1: was, it was yeah. Do you Sunday. know if that was his birth name? Or if it I know was a change name.
0: I at least know Day was his real last name, and it was Sunny, like S O N N Y. So it was like right. I feel like it couldn't have been his real name, but <laughs> there was never like the parentheses or right. the 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 quotes around it, like it was a nickname. It was always Father Sunny Day.
1: Interesting. So. Well, track number six is Sunday. Yeah, and it starts with some lovely reverby droney synth notes that are again. I think it's that organ kind of synth sound. And I really like the use of organ throughout this whole album to kind of tie in the spiritual and religious theme that's used throughout the album. Uh, The vocals on this one are, again, kind of dissonant and detuned, similar to like tracks four and one, where it felt less familiar to me. But it also still has a lot of the warmth of the other tracks. Uh, There's some nice cool building sections and some just as nice stripped down organ sections in this one. This track's also 10 minutes long, so it's it's <laughs> one of the longer ones on it, but it doesn't feel too long to me. The length really gives this one time for a lot of the music to just kind of soak into your skin and then carry you off into space before the big ending of this track.
0: Hell yeah. I, I really like this track, not only because it introduces probably the harshest vocals, I guess, that are on the album. They're not like full on death growls or anything, but That's you can tell. the next track. Are you sure?
1: Yeah. I'm pretty sure.
0: Man, I'm just probably dumb. No, yeah, it is the next track. It's totally the next track. So, you know what? Just fuck me, right? Are your numbers off again? (laughs) My numbers are off again, because I can't (laughs) fucking count. But, okay, so this one. So, that opening organ part. Yeah. I I did want to talk about this. I really like this track as well. And... Does that opening organ part did it did it strike you as familiar in any way? Because it instantly made me think of something.
1: It. I wasn't. I wasn't locked in on anything. What did it okay. make you think of?
0: Okay, so it makes me think of "Just What I Am" by Kid Cudi and King oh. Chip.
1: Interesting. That opening, just the chords of the yeah, organ. I can see that.
0: And it was just like.
1: <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah.
0: Yeah. And it just like. I was able to separate that from my mind, but it like the first time I heard it, I was like, I got to look this up. I got to see if fucking kid. Cuddy was sampling. That, so Sunday. that would
1: be a power move. That would I blow know. our minds.
0: <laughs> like that's for, for a good minute. I was like, Oh my God, is this like, have, have I come full circle and completed my purpose in life? It would be insane, but it wasn't at least not that I could find. I mean, Side maybe.
1: Note, uh, go check out Indicud, by kid Cuddy maybe. Okay. That's going to that's gonna open up a whole can of worms. I was going to say, maybe not if you're, like, not super familiar with Kid Cudi. We're, we'll do an episode where we just talk about Kid Cudi, maybe. That, yeah, there we go. Because there's a lot to discuss with his discography, I think. A whole lot. <laughs> <laughs> but
0: yeah, this song, it's good. I like it. Uh, it. It feels triumphant more than a funeral march. Like, you're seeing the sun crest a mountain after a long, hard night. It's... It's not full of this enveloping blackness of bass and low frequencies. It's still got those traits, but it doesn't feel as crushing Damn, to me.
1: Because it's it's Sunday. It's a day of worship. Day, day of Worships, more length. Like <laughs> 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 but yeah, I, I again lyrically, this is kind of amidst the context of all of the religious references throughout the album and again the artist being called Yezu. I kind of get the feeling lyrically that the singer's talking about missing the person that abandoned them and he's been kind of like shit talking on the whole album and i i think instead of falter being a bitter track he's just kind of he's actually saying at this point that like or at that point that he's like i'm i'm gonna take all of the blame for what happened i'm gonna give you a clean pass because i i want you to have another chance because i'm just i'm just in love with you and i i don't want this to end and if, if all it takes is me to say it was my fault, then I'll do that. I'll take all of the blame. And then there's another layer to this where it feels like he's recognizing how insane that is. And he's comparing that to his worshipping of the person, right? Because it's, it's Sunday, and the other person that I've pinned as this holier-than-thou person, he's worshipping them to some fucked-up level. And, and I think that's kind of an interesting dissonance or subtext to a lot of the album.
0: I just had a thought that maybe this whole thing is supposed to be able to be taken in a religious context and in like a friendship relationship context because maybe he's trying to create some sort of like, I don't know, through line there. Like it's supposed to be like, he's comparing the two types of worship
1: or love or right. I don't know. That, yeah, I can totally see that. That make, that makes sense to me. Because this I, I think one, I, I almost got there in my notes when I was when I was thinking about things that I was kind of like, okay, well, maybe it is supposed to be ambiguous and apply to both aspects, but I never explicitly came out and said it.
0: Because this song, like, I still don't know if it's applying applying to like religion or not. Like, I I genuinely don't know. Yeah, and that's I don't know. I like that about the album is that. It's something that I liked about Neutral Milk Hotel. Like, there's just so much ambiguity. ambiguity. <laughs> yeah, jinx,
1: jinx, you'll be coke.
0: <laughs> but yeah, I don't know. It's cool, man, yeah. woman. I... <laughs> <laughs> I, was,
1: I was about to pull pull a nice segue and, and say, like, it's it's unclear if he's talking about a man or, or a woman, but track number seven, is man slash woman. So here we are. This I one, this one, this one.
0: This one that I was talking about when I was actually talking about the last track about the, 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 the vocals, the harsher vocals. Yeah. Cause you know, we've been doing this podcast for a year and a half.
1: And you and still can't
0: count. I still can't fucking count. I've been living for almost 28 years. I still can't count.
1: Just as an aside, there are eight tracks on this album, right? Yeah. Okay. Just want to make sure that we are I mean, there's, shifting. there's
0: like a bonus Japanese version where there's like a different versions longer versions they're like
1: they're cleaner mixed apparently
0: yeah which is amazing maybe maybe i'll have to go listen to that because i didn't do that so
1: but yeah this song is not cleanly mixed (laughs) there's nothing clean about it it starts with some kind of like almost shrill electric violin kind of sound that just drones on on and on and on and it gets some like support from the guitar with a little bit of lickage in there uh and then the plotting metal rock instruments kind of come in about the minute mark and everything's kind of back to what you'd expect uh the vocals though as joey mentioned uh previously they're very like growly and distorted it's it's it almost feels like someone pretending to be growly in death metal because again it's not like super growly it's not super heavy but it's just the hint of it there that's kind of like it's, it sounds like someone's trying to be and can't quite get there or they're imitating it instead of actually trying to be it kind of a thing, which is it's kind of interesting. It's way more metal than we've heard in this album. And also, for the first time on this album that I picked up, the bass in a lot of sections isn't super distorted and fuzzy. It sounds more natural and, and warm, even if it is still a little bit distorted.
0: Yeah, this one, he actually did have a guest guitar player on as well. Yeah. It was the dude from uh Godflesh. I believe his name was Paul Neville, I think is sure. what his name was. I didn't I had you know, I should've wrote things, but you know.
1: <laughs> yeah, I think I also saw that somewhere, but I didn't I didn't uh didn't so, it uh,
0: Paul Neville, if you're out there and if that's ya your name, then <laughs> tell <laughs> it me. It is,
1: it is. I have it on here. Okay. Cool. Guest appearance by Paul Neville on guitar on the track Manslash Woman. Well, yeah,
0: there you go. But yeah, you're totally on about like the, the I guess trying to recreate a growly, dip, like screechy sound. I I don't I don't know how to describe it, but yeah. it does. G- given the vocals on the rest of this album, it it's completely different.
1: <laughs> yeah, there's, there's <laughs> a definite intensity to this track.
0: And this one, it around six minutes it seems to take a, okay okay it, it seems to take like a really cool like prog turn in yeah. a way that it reminds me of like a porcupine tree song
1: i've not which, listened to porcupine tree
0: well you you should but we might <laughs> listen to them on the podcast so maybe you should i don't know but we'll, we'll it's cool when we get there I really like the turn that it takes at around six minutes. It's really fucking
1: cool. I agree. There's a lot of weird, like synthy modulation stuff that happens and it kind of gave me this like alien mothership vibe and looking at the lyrics, like the lyrics he's talking about demons and a lot of this album is religious in context. So I was kind of like, I kind of went off in my own mind during this. And I was like, you know, I really like the idea that angels and demons are just aliens from other (laughs) planes of existence. And I kind of like just kind of went in a weird sci-fi direction for a bit in my mind but yeah it's got this weird broggy thing it's really cool uh and then it kind of comes back and it feels like there's an almost like new metal ending for Mm -hmm. like the last third of it where it it kind of gives me more static x vibes i know i mentioned them last week so maybe it's just fresh on my mind but it it, it doesn't have the slow sludgy shoegazy feel for the last part of the the song it just kind of like feels like a standard metal song which was kind of interesting
0: yeah, this one it definitely had plenty to to keep you occupied for the nine and a half minutes. Yeah. And lyrically, it uh man. It's called man-woman. And it, it adds more ambiguity because <laughs> I don't know if he's talking about either a man or a woman. I don't know if he's talking about the relationship between men and women. I don't know if he's talking about man woman as like playthings from God's perspective or mm. from a demon's perspective or like there's just so many different ways that I could, that I took it and yeah. I, j- I really just, I could not pin it down. I can't give you a definite answer because yeah. I don't have any answers. Part,
1: part of the ambiguity comes from the fact that there's no like full sentences. Yep. The, the, the lyrics are success, demons, waste time, waste life, they give, suck life, thrill seek, dead eyes. That's most of the song. Uh, He just repeats that. So it's definitely open to interpretation, I think. So in my story, in my arc, I was like, okay, well, maybe the singer is definitely like realizing he's insane at this point. While he wants to worship this person that he was in a relationship that betrayed him and hurt him, he's realized how fucked up it is. And he thinks the only solution is to go off the deep end into the dark side and maybe kill them with that kind of like, well, if I can't have you, nobody can have you kind of mentality. And the song being so different felt like kind of a mental break where this was like, he's gone over the deep end at this point.
0: You know, thinking about what the next track is. I definitely like that more than I like, like this one. I, I didn't have any answers for, but I definitely think it's a break of some sort. Like, yeah, they're, they're, they're flipping the fuck out. And the, 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 the other person's figuring it out, like <laughs> something, <laughs> yeah, something's like, happening.
1: The, the ending, of, the ending of the song, he, he repeats, "Don't cry, don't cry, don't cry." Dead eyes, like he's like killing someone, and being, like, "No, it's okay, it's okay. This is this is how it's supposed to be. Don't don't worry about it. You're gonna die, and that's just the way it has to be."
0: Yeah, and you're even your guardian
1: angel can't save you now. Well, maybe track eight can, because track eight is guardian angel.
0: But I just said your guardian angel can't.
1: You made a good segue. You you laid it up, and I missed the the dunk. You know, whatever. Isn't that an alley-oop? Is that what that's called? Yes, thank you. Thank (laughs) you for that. I I knew there was something there, but I couldn't get there because I don't sports. Track number eight, Guardian Angel. This one takes us right back into the bog of sludgy sludgy metal. Sludgy bog. It's the sludgy bog. I love it. Uh, after man slash woman this one kind of feels like a return to form and familiarity like all of the wrongs have been made right or maybe just repressed and we're back in this kind of cycle of this guy's depression kind of a thing there's a lot of nice ambient noise that rounds out the last part of the song that kind of just lets you relax and come back down to earth after this kind of trip
0: yeah like i really like the way this ends the album just because it's it fits so well like it's it like you said it gets back to the heaviness the really slow like sludgy feel and there's two verses i guess they're verses i don't really know sections sections vocal sections and after each one it sounds like there's a little guitar solo noodly thing behind the heavy bass guitar so that's like a cool little flavor there but I like the way it ends, where it just kind of devolves into an ever-slowing heaviness that just gets slower and slower, and then the heaviness goes away, and it's just the guitar blaring out from what sounds like a fucking mile away, just riding <laughs> yeah. you out for the last three minutes or so. And It's it's great.
1: It's a very, very cool ending. It's a very apt ending to this album. Uh, lyrically... I, I feel like this one kind of really like circled back to the self-loathing of tired of me and the general, like fuck you sentiments that are throughout the album that I was picking up on. And I, I think this track really sums up the album, uh, at least from a lyrical standpoint for me, it's also maybe possible that the reason that the singer feels so bitter about the situation, at least in my narrative is because of how similar they are to the bad guy. Like they're, they're constantly throughout this album comparing themselves. It seems where they're kind of implying this, similar perspective on things and maybe that's why the singer was super obsessed with this other person other personality slash deity slash whatever it is because they're kind of like on the same wavelength but maybe one's better than the other maybe he's just pissed because he's not as good as the other person i don't fucking know
0: that definitely happens a lot something that just popped into my head whenever you were talking about the uh quote unquote protagonist killing somebody else in the last, in the last song. Yeah. So the, the opening lyrics to this song are you found the key to escape from me, but I need the same key to run away from me. So if the, you is the person that he killed in the last song, Mm -hmm. this takes on like a super fucking dark tone where it's like, Hey, I killed you. I killed you. You got, you found the way out because I, I killed you. Death is the way out. I need the same key to get away from myself. And then it's just like, fuck.
1: Dude, man. Fuck man. <laughs> Indeed. And yeah, I kind of also had someone things. but the last verse, it doesn't like, it yeah. doesn't necessarily line up. It says, and you know the need and we see the same things again, kind of drawing parallels to themselves. And we know the outside is your true inside, which those last lines specifically kind of made me feel like he's saying, some people are ugly on the outside but on the inside they're good, wholesome people, or vice versa, where the the outside perspective is of a clean wonderful person and the inside is just hell and a shitty person, and he's saying, like, no, that's not the case with you like, whatever you appear to be is exactly what you are, and we we all know it, we both know that you're a terrible person all the way down to your core, kind of a thing.
0: Yeah, because they're a friend that's evil Yes. Evil to their core Full circle. Except <laughs> kinda full circle because it's back, back to track, track two. <laughs> yeah.
1: <laughs> but yeah, this is this was a, a fucking trip of an album. I love yeah. I love doing it this week. The album kind of paints in in very vague broad strokes, which kind of just leaves a lot of space for your mind to, to drift and wander throughout all of the, the droning metal tracks and it's 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 good. I enjoy that.
0: Hell yeah. I also enjoy it. And I'm glad you enjoy it. It's great. I like making good recs. This was a it's good one, awesome
1: for sure i really really enjoyed this week uh next week we're going to be talking about we're, actually for the next two weeks i'm taking over i'm <sighs> kicking joey off the podcast it's just me The next <laughs> two <weeks>. jeremy <laughs> <laughs> hi i'm jeremy I'm just wait for you to say i'm joey <laughs> no uh next week we're going to be doing uh an album from the band loath the Ooh. album is called i let it in and it took everything Oh God! Uh, which is the first of I consider it a double album. I don't think it was released necessarily as a double album. Um, let me see. I think they were released. Yeah, there were a few months at least between them. So there's eyelid it and it, it took everything is the one we're doing next week, and then the week after that we're going to be doing the the album they released afterwards called the things they believe. Uh, so we're kind of doing a double album just because I think it's an interesting not not double album, but also not not a double album kind of a thing where they're very much related they're very they're they're brother and sister albums i think uh so it'll it'll be interesting to see (laughs) how you react to both albums separately and then as as a whole i think because i think it's they're they're both super interesting albums well that's pretty fucking cool it is
0: and i hope i don't hate them because (laughs) because
1: you're just trapped for two weeks if you do yep i i will i'm not even gonna say that I was going okay. to say something that might spoil, but it's it's whatever. We'll, we'll see what happens. Maybe you'll hate both. Maybe you'll love one and hate one. Maybe you'll love both. Who knows?
0: That's but, what I hope happens. I like the last option that you
1: gave. <laughs> Me too, man. <laughs> uh, anyways, if you guys want to leave us some comments, please do so. Uh, I don't know how many people we're expecting at this point because our baby metal episode appears to be doing better at least on YouTube. Shit went
0: fucking popping, man,
1: <laughs> than we actually do. It's been like a little over a day, and we've got a significant number of views, more than it's- we usually. It's not a, a significant number of views, period, but more than what we usually get. Uh, so. I don't know, people probably aren't into Yezu as much as Baby Metal, (laughs) But if you like this album, please let us know if you have thoughts on the lyrics or how much religion is involved in this. We'd love to have that kind of discussion with you guys. Uh, So find us on social media, tweet us, whatever you gotta do to to get in contact with us next week. listening to Loaths. I let it in, and it took everything, and I hope you enjoy it, and I hope you stay in our feedback.